<laughs> this might be our dumbest session we've ever done, and that's a low bar. Um, oh, dead white kiss trick is pretty. Oh, uh, dead white kiss trick is the dumbest one we've ever done. Sink lower than that. That's true. What's up? This is Luda. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bruticris, the podcast about two things and two things only, ludicrous and beer. I am Skinny Jack along with Juicy M, and this is going to be a fun one. Sure. I'm Juicy M. You're Juicy M. Like Juicy J, but I'm Juicy M. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a good pun for your name. Um, <laughs> clearly. No, clearly. Well, that's, um, I don't like it. I don't like Juicy M. Uh I was referenced before your big juicy ass. I have a big juicy ass, yes, yeah. but that's fine. We'll just. How about uh, Project Mike? I like Project Mike a lot better. <laughs> that's good. Let's go Let's do that. Project Mike. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening right now, like you're doing. That's always fun. Uh, how are you, Jack? What's what's going on with your life? Oh, uh, what is going on with my life? Weed's legal. Have you been token that? Oh that, boy. That herb. Oh boy, it's just been one big blaze fest. Oh shit. It's someone call up Ja Rule because it's a fire festival in here. <laughs> okay. In that I've mostly been eating cheese sandwiches out of styrofoam containers. That's really what's been going yeah. on with me. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, have not uh, partaken in legal weed yet. Uh, there was, my, my, like, I, I mean, I don't, even before when legal, I don't think I've smoked too often, but. Um, my wife and I, we had talked about, oh, yeah, maybe on, on the January 1st, when we became legal here in Illinois, we would go and, and try to, to get something. And we looked on Twitter that morning, and the lines were like 400 people deep. And we drove by a dispensary uh, yesterday, and not, not even with any intent to go. We just happened to be driving by it. And there was a sign on the door that they already sold out of all the recreational stuff. So it's the Popeye's chicken sandwich of legal drugs. It is, yeah. That's an interesting analogy. But basically, this, yeah. I think they two go hand in hand, probably. Yeah. I imagine one would lead to the other, and I'm not going to say which one's which. Well, I think it's the weed to the sandwich. Oh, uh, I was going to go the other way around. Okay. Yeah. Just figure you want something to kind of mellow out that big gut bomb of a sandwich. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, Ludacris has some songs about weed, like Blueberry Yum Yum is the one that comes to mind. I mean, maybe that's something, maybe it's a year where we don't, or an episode we don't have a beer, but maybe we do like a, a, a Toka Chris or something. Oh, boy. That's a whole different. I know. We're going to have to change the name of the podcast. We might, just yeah. for that one episode. I wonder... We'll come up with a better pun, at least, if that's the case. Sure. Yeah, Toka Chris is not... No, we've been okay. failing on puns so much already. <laughs> yeah. Just Juicy Ham, Toka Chris. Damn it. I mean, it's 2020. It's just not a good pun year. Mm-hmm. I, my horoscope person, psychic, my psychic, Your said that it's going to be a bad pun year. So, yeah. you know, what can you do? Well, maybe we can bring someone in who can... Uh, improve upon our terrible wordplay, and it's our guest to the, for oh. this episode. Uh, well, let's welcome our friend of the pod, Catherine Wilford. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, thank you for joining I'm us. Excited to be here. 
Um, you are so our episode today. We're gonna be talking about our main topic a little bit later. It is the movie Hustle and Flow. Sometimes we like really like hide what we're talking about. Yeah. But anyone who's like down in the episode, it'll be in the title. So we're gonna be talking <laughs> about the movie Hustle and Flow later, um, which takes place in the city of Memphis, Tennessee. It does. And we wanted to bring you on because Jack and I we don't know anything about Memphis, Tennessee. So we needed someone yeah. to kind of navigate us through this wild world. And it's you crazy. are from Memphis. I am from Memphis. I, I wasn't raised there. I lived there for a very like short time early on but I go back there frequently because yeah. that's where my family is okay so yeah I'm there a lot you're wearing a Memphis Grizzlies hat I right am now. I am that's exciting 901 yep so wait, wait what is that just like the 901 oh, okay you know it's just Area like code say, is that? Area okay, code, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike so. Conley was your Uber driver. Yes. Is he still on the Grizzlies? No. I have no I idea. I think that's a super dated reference. I don't, don't follow back. <laughs> He's on the Utah Jazz. Zach Randolph? Is he, he retired. Player? He just retired. Okay. But he did, I believe, uh, really shout out Memphis especially. He's been on quite a few teams, but he really right. shouted out yeah. Memphis because yeah. that's where he buttered his bread. That's it. That's OJ Mayo, I'm assuming he's not there, but he was there for a while. Yeah. Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol. You can, yeah. you can tell when I last played an NBA 2K game and it was like 2K12 or something <laughs> well, like that. Clearly. I, I mean, they, do, they might have the most exciting player, though, in basketball right now in John Morant, who is... Yeah, he's oh, great. I forgot he he's, ended he's, up there. He is awesome. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's had already a couple um, highlight reel dunks on SportsCenter. He's I don't really watch great. SportsCenter, but on like, Twitter where it pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then a few weeks ago they just did like um they did like some throwback jerseys where they look like super nineties and it's oh, cool. like teal and purple and it was pretty cool. Were they the original Vancouver Grizzlies yeah, jerseys? Yeah, I think that's the, cool. I think that's what it that's was. Really yeah, cool. the original ones, yeah. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was such a thing in nineties sports of like every expansion colors. team was wearing teal or purple or both. Like yeah. I think almost without fail, Jacksonville, yep. Jaguars, Teal. Yep. The Carolina Panthers were kind of like a more of a bluish, but it was like a tealish. It was blue. still kind of neon. Though. Yeah, it was like an aqua yeah. blue. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. The Colorado Rockies. Sure. Yeah. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Like just every expansion. I just said it already, but it's like, like a, every expansion. It's like team. a poppy, like Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Poppy look. Yeah. You know. It was very. Uh, it was a very like late '80s into early '90s thing. Yeah. I think of like these are the colors we're going with now. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And I love seeing it back in the retro, being back yeah. on that Grizzlies team. That's 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 cool to see. Yeah. Mike, your sweatshirt actually kind of fits that kind of it 90s expansion team. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a sweatshirt from a clothing company called Chubbies, which I always get targeted on Facebook <laughs> all the time, which I don't know what that means. That seems a little... Uh, Rude. Um, <laughs> but I was in Atlanta recently, home of Ludacris, and they had a Chubby store at some, like... Mall street fest thing we're at, and I got something, and I, and I now even get more bombarded with emails. And this was like on sale to get this, and it's kind of like a neon, sort of like Native American, yeah, it's looking. like an Aztec kind of, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Color. I like it. Thanks, yeah. guys. I think it suits you, um, Catherine, yeah. Uh, so even though Ludicrous, we mentioned, is from. Start over again. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, even though Ludacris, as we just noted, is not from Memphis, uh, but he is, of course, a co-star in Hustle & Flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, what is your connection or relationship to Ludacris? Do you have any? Um, yeah, Not completely other than just, like, middle school dances, you okay. know? Like, the things that you would hear and, like, uh, you know, I like listening to him. I think it, it's fun music. Um, but other than that, like, really not a complete connection. Um. But, you know, he's always, like, fun music. It's always, like, fun to hear. You always hear him around yeah. all the time, and that's 
Yeah, yeah. So, but mostly just like middle school dances. So still positive feelings about Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah, no, definitely. What about beer? Uh, We'll be talking about our beer of the week in a moment, but in general, are you kind of a big beer fan? Yeah, I do like beer. Yeah, I do. Um, And I'm not like, see, I don't, I'm not like good at knowing like different like craft beers or anything. I just like usually just drink like what's in front of me but i do my like my favorite is probably 312 that's what i drink yeah. a lot yeah okay. area so, code again so yeah another area code <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah so and that'll be another episode yeah yeah area codes area codes <laughs> <laughs> wow it all comes full circle it really does yeah. 312 is my kind of introduction to craft beer really i feel like i mean i'm sure i had others since then but that was you know my first one that i like really fell in love with so I it's have just all, so classic yeah it's just so good i have those yeah. nostalgic feelings yeah yeah so yeah, I really like the dry hop three one two that they came out with. Was it maybe a year or two ago? Yeah, yeah. And they still have, but it, that's nice. It's a nice little twist on an old favorite. Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> nice little twist. Um, well, our beer of the week this week, if we want to <laughs> hop over to that, is from the city of Memphis. This is our Memphis episode. It is. Uh, I love it. And it is from a brewery in Memphis called Wiseacre Brewing, which I'd heard of before. I may have even had it before, but I was not too familiar with, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it is an American Pilsner by the name of Tiny Bomb. It is uh, 4.5% alcohol by volume. Not a whole lot of other description other than it's brewed by the good folks at mm. Wiseacre Brewing. What are you guys thinking of this beer so far? I mean, as far as a kind of just like... American Pilsner goes. I think it hits all the notes you want it to hit. It's yeah. It's nice. It's cr- clean. It's crisp. It's it is good. refreshing. Yeah. It's yeah. a very refreshing It's beer. like a mowing the lawn kind of beer. Yeah. Not that yeah. I ever mow the lawn. It but is. if I were to mow a lawn, I would go for this beer. <laughs> Uh, I do mow the lawn. We have a very tiny little yard at our place, and uh, we have our, our lawnmower is one I plug in. It's not even like a gas lawnmower, so it's nice. not cool. I don't get to do the cool like, pull. Oh, yeah. I just have to like press plug it in and press a button. And have you ever like, um, like mowed your initials into the? No, <laughs> I, I I struggle even to do like straight lines just to like mow it to a certain <laughs> length. So I don't know if I I could even pull that off. I don't think I'm artistic enough, but that is an idea. I think I want to do that now. Pretty fun. Be fun. My wife would be very mad. (laughs) Well, then just carve her initials into it. That's true. Problems all. Happy anniversary, baby. (laughs) There you go. I got you a partially mowed lawn. Yeah. (laughs) Hope you enjoy it. (laughs) There are dog poops in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean that's kind of nice though. If you scoop the poops out. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. That's the downside of um, having a yard for a dog to poop in. Like, it's great because we don't have to, like, walk him every single time he wants to go out. But um, when I do need to mow the lawn, I got to make sure I get that, that poop first because if I don't, if I miss one because the grass is so long, which has happened, and then I'm pulling the grass out of the bag, getting into the, the yard bag, I'll get poop on my hands. Poop on your hands. Yes. I hate that. It's like a game of Minesweeper yeah. out there. <laughs> it's a game of mine Hunter, and he's the killer. He's, oh, he's dog? Yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. Bum. I guess it was a Terminator noise. I didn't mean to be... I want to be more dramatic hit. That's what was dramatic, regardless of what noise it was. I liked it. Bum, bum, bum. There we go. That's <laughs> That was an extra one, right? So I missed Law and Order, because that's just a bum, bum. Yeah. We're good. Doom, doom. Cool. Yeah. So many dramatic drum rolls, or bass hits, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> vocabulary, not my strong suit. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is a good beer. Um, I Again, not knowing this brewery too well, um, I actually, so I went to Benny's, a, a kind of massive warehouse of, of alcohol that is, has a small kind of chain presence in Chicago, and uh, they had this man in IPA, and I went with the Pilsner, but uh, I'm happy with my choice. Um, yeah, no, the first time I actually had this beer was on 4th of July, so... 
definitely has summery, summery typed vibes. Yeah, I um, think that's what it is. Even more than a lawnmower beer, this is like a 4th of July beer. Yeah. yeah. This is a watching some fireworks and eat some hot dogs kind of beer. Yeah. When I uh, picked this up from Binnie's, the uh, the woman who checked me out said, oh, I like the name of this, Tiny Bomb. Because it, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, it's like a bomb. It's going to get you drunk. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's telling you what it is. And I said, yeah, but it's a tiny bomb because it's pretty small percent alcohol. So it's not going to get you too drunk. Yeah. And maybe that's the, maybe that's what they're going for. But it's a nice little rapport I had with my, my Binnie's checkout. Yeah. That's fun. I'm glad so you made a friend out yeah. there today. That's nice. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a fun change of pace, too. I don't think we've done many Pilsners no. as our... We've tended to gravitate toward a lot of pale IPA or sour beers. This is a nice little change of pace. Mm -hmm. I think we should point out, and we'll take a picture of it, but we are drinking from our new official Brutacris glasses. That's right. They are two of a kind, and they are not available online, so don't (laughs) even try to get them. Don't copy our design either. But these were a gift from my girlfriend, Emma, for Christmas. And as we've established before... We have recorded, you know, we recorded a Christmas episode, and we already did a New Year's episode, so this is not the first one we've done after Christmas, based on the canon of this podcast. (laughs) So it's weird that we didn't use them for the previous ones, but let's just say for some reason they weren't available Yeah, until now. But here they are. They're fun. And they're great. I love them. Yeah. They have our names on them. I got first billing, though, which is kind of nice. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Jack, Mike, Brutacris. Pretty sharp. Got a little mug of beer on it, and then it's got some little wheat, uh... Wheat on that wheat, like wheat or like yeah. barley, maybe is that supposed to be? I don't know, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, they're they're great, and we'll definitely post a picture on the social <laughs> places. I, I'm trying to live up to my uh resolution to tweet more from the Twitter account. I did tweet um, some random thing the other day, so that's pretty exciting. one that's, that's pretty exciting. More than nothing. <laughs> normally, I just, normally, we just post just when the episode comes out, but I'm trying to do more so. Keep an eye out, everyone. Yes. <laughs> It'll be exciting. And if for some reason the Brutacris account is not tweeting, uh, go ahead and at Mike on that. Don't copy me on it because yeah. I don't need to know that. That's his responsibility That's now. True. So oh, go ahead and just you know really flood his mentions and we'll get back on it. <laughs> uh, Catherine, so a little bit more about Wiseacre. I don't know if you are uh, super familiar with them, but do they have kind of a tap room or any experience? I honestly don't know. Okay. Yeah, I just, um, I've just had Tiny Bomb and then I've had one other one. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but I, every time I go home, it's like all my family has always buys yeah. Wiseacre. And I try to get it too if I'm like, if I see it at a bar, I'm like, oh, well, I'll get some Wiseacre. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, exactly. Nice. So, on that note, are there any, like, staples of Memphis or, like, Tennessee drinking or food that we should know about that we don't know about? Um, just in Tennessee in general. I mean, like, Memphis is obviously, like, a huge barbecue place. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Central Barbecue and then, like, um, a lot of people like the Rendezvous. It's a, it's like a restaurant. Have you I've heard of it? There. I've been there. there. Yeah. yeah. I lived there once. So I, I went to a Grizzlies game. I like, really? Yeah. I like the, I like the Rendezvous a lot. Um, and that's like kind of like a dry rub type of right. thing. Um, and then there's, there's a lot of fried chicken places too. Um, is it but, Hattie B's from there? Is that, oh, Nashville I, probably. No, I think, yeah. yeah, I think Hattie B's okay. is Nashville. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I cannot remember the name of the main fried chicken place. Um, there might be one here too. Um, Are you thinking of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Because I think that's from Kentucky. My no. <laughs> actually, I don't. Actually, I think the first Kentucky Fried Chicken actually wasn't even in Kentucky. I think it was in like Utah or something. Was like it? That. I could be wrong. So is it a style then? Like made Kentucky style? Well, the Colonel is from Kentucky, but I think for some reason the first location may have been outside of Kentucky. I could be wrong. I feel like I read this somewhere, but I might be making this all up. Huh. I feel like Mike's in the process of fact checking me. So let's uh, <laughs> let's find out. Um. 
So the first of the franchise was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, was in Salt Lake City. Hey, all right. In, uh, oh September my September twenty fourth, nineteen fifty two. But Colonel Sanders had his restaurant that he initially started called Sanders Court and Cafe so real- in Corbin, Kentucky, from nineteen thirty. So I think oh once they expanded God. to a franchise. Okay. Was, so, um, really can't go wrong. I didn't know it was a real person. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, no, you don't see the commercials. I have him in the commercials now. That's <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. 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 He's immortal. His shape and voice and general <laughs> demeanor seems to change with every commercial, but yeah, he's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually a timeless shapeshifter, which is why the commercials are like that. Yeah. Um, excellent beer, though. I think I'm happy with this one. Anyone have any other final thoughts Very about, with it. about the Wiseacres at Wiseacre? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, I do have a thought. <laughs> Please share. And that thought is, what if we shared our number one spots? Let's do it. Let's uh, go to number one spot. Whoa, don't slip up or get caught. Why not, man? I'm coming for that number one spot. All right. Woo. Okay, and welcome back. The way that number one spot works, I'm going to pull a mic on this, and I'm going to give you a very thorough and very quick explanation. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> So you know that there's sometimes a thing that you really like or a thing that you're really into, something that's been on your brain, something that's been on your mind. If it's been on the forefront of your mind and it's something you want to recommend, then that is a good number one spot, and that's how number one spot works. Pretty good time. I feel like that was a record time. That was good. I, I think that, um, like, I, I give that a, a solid C+, I think. I'll take it. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's not, that's passing. That's, that's a passing, passing grade. Yeah, that's all I really wanted there, so I'll take that. That's pretty good. <laughs> and you know what? Since you're the one handing out grades, how about you're the first one to hand out a number one spot? Ooh, nice. <laughs> uh, I will do that. And um, as I mentioned last week, I, we, we did our... Um, take that again. Yeah, I will go first. Uh, our previous episode, if you recall, we talked about our New Year's resolutions. And mine was to just really let myself go more. I'm too healthy and I need to find a way to be less healthy. Uh, I think, I believe my reasoning was because my t-shirts were ripping when I was flexing too much. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, but in in line with that uh, goal, my number one spot this week is something very unhealthy. And it is a sandwich I had for the first time recently. And I've been looking, like trying to have it for a while. And it's a Chicago... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Chicago staple. I don't know if staple is even the right word, but it's a Chicago original. Original Ooh. that you can't find everywhere. It's more of a South Side thing, but it's a sandwich called the Gym Shoe. Yes. Have you guys ever had a Gym Shoe never or heard of even? Heard of that? No. I have heard of the Gym Shoe. I have never had the opportunity to eat a Gym Shoe. I, I finally had the opportunity. I've been looking at, looking for one for for some time now. Uh, I had it at a restaurant. It's in um, kind of like the. Not quite the West Loop, but sort of like Greek Town area over there called the uh, the Rune Daily. It's just a little kind of sandwich shop there. Uh, it's that's a little nicer spot, so I'm sure there's more authentic ones that are a little um, probably better in like the more hole in the wall places. But they did have a gym shoe, and what a gym shoe is, it's it's spelled. It can be spelled a few different ways. So it could be G-Y-M shoe. Oh. It could be like the name J-I-M shoe. Sometimes it's J-I-M-S-H-O-O. But mine was like the footwear, the gym shoe. Uh, and it is a just monster of a sandwich. But it starts with kind of an Italian roll or a hoagie roll. And then it has uh, gyro meat right off the spit. It has roast beef. Uh, it wasn't quite like Italian beef roast beef. I don't think it was like seasoned that way, but just roast beef and corned beef. And then usually it's going to have lettuce, tomato, mustard, mayo. But the key, I think, and the one I had that was especially good was that hot jardinera on top. Oh, yeah. I think there might have been some cheese too, but they sometimes have cheese, sometimes they don't. Uh, It is a 
it was not a tiny bomb. It is a <laughs> big boy bomb. And it was sitting with me for about the next 48 hours. But during the 25 minutes or so it took me to eat that thing, it is a beauty of a sandwich. And I highly recommend it. It sounds heavy, but it sounds it kind of sounds like the Chicago version of like a muffin lettuce sandwich. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You, know, you got like a whole bunch of meats and then some pickly things on top. It sounds good, but it also sounds like something you should split. Yeah. Oh, I should yeah, have I totally split it. Yeah. Uh, I was actually out for like a work lunch. I was with like coworkers. I didn't know too well. I'm like, I should not be eating this disgusting thing in, in front of all these people <laughs> that everyone else ordered like a salad to have more decorum. But uh, I, I ate it and I ate the whole thing. <laughs> How often do you have a chance to have a gym food? That's kind of my thought. Yeah. And, I, and I have been looking for it for a while and finally came to fruition. And um, I am probably, again, going to die a few years earlier because of that. But it was worth it. It's that good of a sandwich. I do like that it's called a gym shoe, too, because as I've learned, that's apparently like hyper regional, generally Chicago slang sure. for sneakers. Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize how regional it is, but I was doing one of those, you know, the New York Times did their kind of guess where you're from based on oh, what you call ways. certain things yeah. quiz. And that's a, one of the questions is what do you call like sneakers? Gym and shoes. apparently if you say gym shoe, that puts you squarely in the general Cook County area. Huh. Yep. So who knew? But that's, yeah. it's a fun, clever regional name. I love it. Yeah. That's my number one spot. Let's switch really over like to it. you, Jack. What's yours? Oh, boy. My number one <laughs> spot this week. It's a good one. And I totally prepared for this. Yeah. So I have <laughs> one ready to go. Yeah, that you're, I not just, sh- you're not shaking at all right now. I've been really looking forward to Actually, you know what? I know exactly what my number one spot is. My number one spot is uh, both an event and an item tied, wrapped into one. Uh, I'm currently wearing a shirt. That I had custom made. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that is, uh, it is Tim Allen's mugshot from his 1978 arrest where he was moving something like a pound and a half of cocaine oh. through Michigan. I, I think it was Battle Creek, but somewhere in Michigan. It says Kalamazoo on the shirt. So. Right. I think it was at the Battle Creek Regional Airport okay. when he was taken to Kalamazoo for... They're pretty close. That makes yeah. sense. And I just feel like we all forgot that Tim Allen, A, was arrested and served almost two and a half years in prison before he got out, and B... The reason he got such a short sentence is because he ratted out the whole operation that he was a part of. And I feel like we all forgot about this, and I don't understand how he became so famous and so wealthy when he's apparently the one violation to the snitches get stitches rule. That's true. I just feel like we need to raise awareness about how weird (laughs) Tim Allen's whole career is. Also... The Santa Claus, the first half, great movie. Second half, not so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe the his crew is just waiting. I mean, they're, they're lying in wait until he really hits it big with his Emmy win for Last Man Standing. <laughs> and then they're going to rush the stage and, and shiv him. That makes sense. I mean, he's, he's, he's a shoo-in this year, too. He's a, he's a gym shoo-in gym for shoo-in. an Emmy for Last Man Standing. That really good, not at all, just home improvement with girls instead of boys show that he's come up with. Sure. It's so bizarre. He's he's such a bizarre person. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were in Detroit over Christmas a few weeks ago, and we were staying in an Airbnb. Uh, we brought our dog with, and so sometimes we like left uh, left the dog behind in his crate. Uh, and we were out doing certain things or visiting family and stuff, and we wanted to leave the TV on for um, just yeah, it was kind of in like an apartment building. But we had some uh, there wasn't that many options on the channel. There was like three different channels, and one of them was just playing old like eighties and nineties uh, sitcoms, and for it was like a four hour block of Night Court. But there was a big block of Home Improvement, and it is amazing. I mean, I haven't watched that show in. 20 years, but so many, like, oh my god, I totally remember this episode, when Tim and Mark, the youngest kid, were supposed to go to the 
ballet. I already forget. I know it was two weeks ago I watched it. But then uh, Tim got courtside tickets to the Pistons Bulls game and he had to go and you know, I was like dang that was, I remember this that's a classic <laughs> and I would like to amend my number one spot because you brought up Mark from Home Improvement sure I would also like to endorse the season of Home Improvement where Mark was a goth for <laughs> yes. no apparent reason all of a sudden he was a goth and then there was a Halloween episode where he made a horror movie and <laughs> in the movie he kills uh, Tim and Jill. Okay. And it's supposed to be like scary and they're concerned that he's actually going to kill them. Oh <laughs> it's a real weird, real dark episode and it's very strange they took that term and they're like, yeah, what if we just made the kid a goth and then he just is for a whole season and all his friends are very weird, sullen people. <laughs> it's a bold term. I don't quite remember that stretch either though. Yeah, it was a real thing. Like he, He's like wearing like He's got the black nail polish and like <laughs> oh my all black clothes. And I think he has like a, in some episodes, he has like a spiked necklace or one of those like big metal ball necklaces. Oh. He was like a walking hot topic. Oh my God. And I feel like that did not get enough credit for being such a bold and innovative take on a family sitcom. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking back to your, uh, the, the point about how Tim Allen ratted out his... Uh, his cohorts in the 70s. I don't know if you saw the YouTube video from a couple years ago or a click hole video from a couple years ago that's on YouTube. People Tim Allen read it out on after he got busted for coke talk about how home improvement saved them. And the whole premise is that they're like, they, they were mad at him, but then they watched home improvement in prison and it just brought them back and they, they're they better people because of <laughs> oh it. That's amazing. That's also, so funny. thank you, click hole, for doing that. Because yeah. that actually explains why he yeah. did not get said stitches. Now so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's Great. Hilarious. I love it. That is so funny. Home improvement in general, good number one spot, but especially knowing about the dark, dark past of Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor and <laughs> Tim Allen, the man, the myth. I assume Tim Taylor also had that same history, too. Like It's about him. That would make sense. Yeah. It would make sense. Why? Yeah, it is pretty autobiographical, isn't yeah. it? Like a little bit? Yeah. I don't think Binford yeah. Tools does background checks. Yeah. No, no way. Yeah. No. <laughs> no way. Al Borland actually... Was the Golden State Killer? Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize <laughs> wow. that. Yeah, dark, dark stuff there. Dark but true. They had two Heidi's too, and I feel like they probably just switched one out for the other, and yeah. no one asked any questions. Yes. Al just showed up one day. Yeah, a little bit eyes a little wider. <laughs> Wilson was pull- pulling the strings the whole time too. That's why they never show his face. Shit. Yeah, it's a deep web. Yeah, yeah, they're all on the deep web too. <laughs> the dark web? No, the deep web. Okay. <laughs> it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Deeper. So, Catherine, <laughs> after we uh, we're pulling the curtain back a little bit, but the people upstairs above the studio, as we're calling it, uh, they were vacuuming. So we had to take a quick break to let them finish vacuuming. But Catherine, we would love to hear what your number one spot is if you have one. Yes, I do, and I think I said this before, but I I am a big music person. I listen to a lot of music, and I tend to find a musician and kind of like just listen to as much as I can. Um, of them, and I am really into Courtney Barnett right now. Okay, I'm not so she, it's a, it's a woman from, she's Australian, and her music is like, her lyrics are very like deadpan and like really funny, and like there's like a lot of like, um, she uses a lot of vocabulary in her lyrics. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's like very like, it's like very like, you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is alternative rock. Like it's very just like alt rock cool chick with a guitar nice but it's awesome i like it i like her a lot is there a particular song that you would like call out as the song i've been listening to for two weeks straight is a song called pedestrian at best and it's just it's just a great it's just a great rock song that is just it, it, i don't know the lyrics are, are awesome it's it's, funny. it's great it's it is funny, funny. you know it's a yeah. funny song yeah. yeah it's a very 
Uh, the album is what? Sometimes I sit and think and sometimes yes. I just sit. Yeah. I think is the name of the album. Which... The, the names of her songs are so funny. Like, yeah. they'll be like, you don't need to go to that party or like something like that. Yeah. yeah. There are, it's a lot of like kind of dry. Yeah. I, I, I hesitate to say tongue in cheek. Some of them are, but a lot of them are more just like dry, kind of like observational, like yeah, kind of just your internal monologue being said out loud kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a very good recommendation. I saw her, she was at Pitchfork a couple of years ago. And saw her set, and it was great. Yeah. It was like a mid-afternoon set, and it kicked ass. Everyone yeah. was very on board for yeah. it. Yeah, so. she's, she's funny, so check her check her out. Has she been um, recording? Like, how many albums does she have at this point? I want to say there's like three, okay. maybe. So but it's, and it's probably been, it hasn't been for very long. Like, maybe 2015 might be the oldest one. I don't know that for sure, sure. but I think it's somewhere around there. Um, so, yeah. That sounds cool. That's a very good number one yeah. spot. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to... Maybe we can plug it in at the end. Or, yeah, no, we can, we, yeah, we'll drop it in and everyone can have a little sample. Do you want, is that the song you want to yeah, go Yeah, you should do, yeah. All right, it's cool. a great one. We'll drop a little sample in here just so you guys can get a, a flavor for it. So you should be hearing that right now. I like that. Let's pretend I actually listened to it right now. Yeah. I liked it. I'm glad you liked it, too. Yeah. The, the look on your face as we were sitting here. I'm rocking to. out. I'm, I'm, I'm doing yeah. the devil horns. Yeah. I'm having fun. It was intense. It was yeah. really fun. I don't know if that song might not fit that. Devil horns might not be. It's a rage. It's whatever you it's want it to be. It's a rage song. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Well, just some good number one spots, guys. Good job this week. You, you both, you really brought it. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it. Let's say we take a quick break. <laughs> and when we get back, we'll discuss... Our main topic for the episode, Hustle and Flow. All right, welcome back to Bruder Chris. Our main topic today is going to be the 2005 movie Hustle and Flow, directed by Craig Brewer, starring Terrence Howard, Traji P. Henson, Taron Manning, and co-starring our old friend Ludacris. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he's got a pretty small role, but a pretty pivotal one at that, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Hustle and Flow, kind of just a quick kind of intro to the plot, and then, uh, or do I want to play the trailer first? Yeah, let's play the trailer, and then we can kind of okay. we'll get into the the plot. Okay. It's like all my days, I've been hearing this this beat in my head, man, like a pounding. But then sometimes, man, it get real soft. Man, it's like I can't be stopped. Go! I'm gonna make these suckers recognize I ain't playing ho. If you violate off the top trick, you gotta go. Woo! His words tell the story. It's hard out here for a pimp, man, for real. Hold on, I like that, man. It's hard out here for a pimp. Of the only life he's ever known. I'm here trying to squeeze a dollar out of a dime, and I ain't even got a cent. Takes time, DJ. The only family he's ever had. Put your hands right here. You know what this means? It means I can believe in you the same way you believe in me. And the only chance he'll ever get... You ain't never gonna be nothing more than what you is right now. ...to break free. My daddy, you know, his heart gave out on him when he was my age. He got me feeling like this is it for me. Feel that. You know it's hard. 
careful up here. Hey, man. For sure. We bring him in, help him develop our sound. You know he white, right? No. He just light skin. I done seen some crazy things in the street. Skinny Black. Skinny Black. used to spin them little records over in Moscow. Last one he put out with Platinum. Even if he does listen to what we got, man, we still don't know what he gonna do. This dog got him some tricks, man. This is my life, and it's a battle within. Skinny. This is the man I was telling you about. This here the man. Just give me a chance to get my voice heard. Every man has the right to contribute a verse. Let me sing like you do. Meant the world to me. You in charge? I want to hear you say that. You my partner. Say it. I'm in charge. Everybody got to have a dream. It's a one in a million shot. I'm gonna dream big. Cause sometimes that's what you gotta do. Hustle and flow. It ain't the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So there's your trailer. Um, so plot of the movie. So Terrence Howard plays, I'm just going to say it, he plays a pimp. And not meaning in the kind of uh, like college bro-y sense. He's legitimately a, a pimp who uh, traffics prostitutes. Also a drug dealer uh, in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And he becomes, um, he's kind of a little bit dissatisfied with his life, I would say. Uh, but he acquires a Casio keyboard and starts to kind of reminisce about his past kind of talents with music. And he, he decides he wants to become a rapper. And so he connects with some um, individuals who kind of help to do work behind the scenes, including Anthony Anderson as his old friend from school, Key, who's a sound technician. Uh, Anthony Anderson hooks him up with a producer named Shelby, played by DJ Walls, uh, who helps to also uh, kind of design the music behind the scenes. And his plan is to kind of uh, record some songs, create a demo, and share it with a kind of another kind of former classmate that he may or may not have had a connection with, uh, who has hit it big from Memphis uh, by the name of Skinny Black, played by Ludacris. And he knows that uh, Skinny Black is coming home for a big 4th of July party. He has a connection, too, to sell him drugs at that party. And he wants to get him the tape and, and hopefully get out of that life and, and make it big. And that's kind of the plot. It's not a ton of plot to it, but but that's kind of the, the gist of it. Yeah, it's a pretty simple plot, honestly. It's basically a midlife crisis movie yeah. in... A vi- just in a very different way. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah, the pivotal point is on the 4th of July, which is kind of a shame that uh, Wiseacre was not what they are today because it would have been perfect if That's they had, were all drinking tiny bombs yeah, at yeah. Uh, Isaac Hayes' bar. Yeah. That's true. Because Isaac Hayes plays a bar owner in this, too. And it took me a second to realize it was him. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Known Scientologist. Known, known Scientologist and known deep-voiced crooner. <laughs> yeah. Isaac Hayes. <laughs> Like initial thoughts. What do you guys? What do you guys think of this movie? I know. I, I think both of you have not seen it before. So yeah, recently, right? today was the first time I saw it. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it had a honestly like a really kind of a cool like artistic direction in a lot of ways. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, I like, I like, I, I don't know. I liked the a lot of the way like it was filmed and I obviously I loved the music that they used mm-hmm. because they didn't always use like it wasn't always just like hip hop because there's also like blues yeah. and like kind of some other stuff that's country elements yeah it's quintessential Tennessee anyway yeah. so it was I, I liked that they that there was like kind of that mix of music for sure 
Yeah, I think I liked elements of the movie more than I liked the movie itself. Not that That's true. I would say it was bad. I think if I were to rate it, well, we'll get to that later, but <laughs> it, it was it was pretty good. There were a lot of things that I liked. It had a, it definitely had a very interesting visual style. I thought Terrence Howard is generally pretty good in it. I thought Ludacris' performance is, again, pr- pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's brings it in anything he's in. Yeah. The Some of the songs they play in the background. The other thing we should talk about is that 3-6 Mafia won an Academy Award for the, the lead track, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp, for this album. And 3-6 Mafia did a lot of the music that is in the movie DJ's music. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest 3-6 Mafia fan. I don't dislike 3-6 Mafia. It's just not my favorite. But in the background, there's a lot of really good hip-hop tracks, like uh, Still Tippin' plays at one point, yeah. and I feel like that's a quintessential Southern hip-hop song. Yeah. Uh, International Plays Anthem plays in the background. Although, is it that, or is it the sample that is used in it? I don't know if it's ever actually International Plays Anthem. I was thinking about I that. I assumed it was, because 3-6 Mafia produced International Plays Anthem. Sure, that makes sense. So yeah. I assumed it was, but I think it's just like an instrumental for the that song, okay. but not the sample. Got it. Because it sounds like there's bass yeah. in the background. you might be right. But I enjoyed that. I don't know if I loved it. It just felt a little bit slow mm-hmm. for me for what is, like you said, it's a pretty simple plot. It mm-hmm. took a long time to get really into the real point of it. Like the first hour yeah. is mostly just setting things up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everything kind of happens in the last 40 minutes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit there. I think there are there are some elements that work really well as a whole movie. Maybe it's not completely there. Um, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll let me share my, my like, sort of negative feelings about it a little bit later but I think there's some things I really love about this movie and I think it's, it's a great example of just the creative process on on film and I think the the actual recording scenes where um, and, and, and Terrence Howard like he rapped he, he raps in the movie uh, they, again you said there were like 3-6 Mafia and a few other people collaborated to write the songs but Terrence Howard raps them he does a pretty good job considering yeah. you know like he's, he's alright the songs themselves so the, the big three like you mentioned it's hard out here for a pimp uh, whoop that trick and then the other one I guess is I don't even know the name of it but like Hustle and flow. I think it's probably yeah. I don't know if it's given a title. Yeah, um, but I think the scenes where they're recording those are just. I think I think they're amazing. I think they're such well shot scenes. I think there's just a ton of emotion in them. Um, I mean, the one shot in particular that I, that I always get to, and I feel like, it, like I was watching it again the other day, and just like it makes you tear up even watching it is when Tarashi P Henson's character Suge, um, you know, he so they're recording the it's hard out here for a pimp song. And uh, there's just not really a hook to it. You know, he's, they don't really have a big chorus there. And so they bring her in, who's one of his prostitutes, uh, to sing the chorus. And, you know, she's kind of timid at first. And then she really, you know, kind of with some aggressive pushing from, from DJ and, uh, and, and from the producers, she actually, like, you know, pushes out and is awesome. And then they come back in and, and they play it after it's been mixed and, and recorded. And, and she has to hear it for the first time. And the look of just pure, like, you know, almost just shock at what, she, what her voice is able to do on her face. It's just so like it's such a beautiful scene, and like I, 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 I Tragedy Henson's a great actress, but that's that moment there is one of my like favorite things she's ever done. It's just that that moment of just silent, just recognition of what she's capable of doing. Yeah, that was I totally agree. That's how exactly how I felt too. Like I thought it was so like beautiful, and it was so pure, and, yeah. like so innocent, and yeah. like like just uh, yeah, I loved that. I loved it. Yeah, it's a good scene, and I think she's great in this movie. Yeah. I mean, she. I feel like Taraji P. Henson is pretty consistently great in everything she does, yeah. but 
I feel like she was She's good range. very good in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the acting in general in this movie is is really good. Terrence Howard was nominated for Best Actor here. And, you know, I mean, she's pretty good as a rapper. I don't know. <laughs> the one thing I do think about is I don't know if, if I was Anthony Anderson's character, Key, if I would think I'm going to, like, drop what I'm doing to support, like, to, do, to like, try to make this guy's album because I think he's going to be the next big thing. I don't know if I'd quite buy that. Right. But yeah, especially yeah. The, yeah. the bars he spits at him at Anthony Anderson's house yeah. the first time he's like oh we should do this they're not particularly good <laughs> yeah. the stuff later is much better yeah but the first stuff he hears it's like I don't know why you'd be like yes this is this is the new sound right. yeah like, he must have been bored yeah. he was bored yeah he, he, I, mean, I, mean, I, think, I, I think that's a very good point though. I think you, you get that when he's kind of having that conversation with his wife with his wife like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah you're yeah. right yeah yeah Although that whole subplot with his wife, I I just didn't find myself caring too much. Like that, yeah. You know, I think the actress who plays his wife, whose um, name I'm blanking on, let me see here, uh, Elise Neal, who I know she's on like the Hughleys and stuff like that, but um, I think she's like plays it really well. But I just did not care too much about that. Yeah, that yeah. plot seems kind of shoehorned in. Like yeah. they were like, we need we need another thing going on here. Yeah, and so they decided to add that in. But I also. Some of her scenes, I think, are the only real moments where I question some of this choices in terms of cinematography. Yeah. Because yeah. there's that yeah. one where she's, like, eating dinner by, by herself. herself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it goes from a wide shot to show that Anthony Anderson is not there to a big <laughs> zoom in on her. And then I believe it goes to a full fade to black mm-hmm. after that. And I did not like that yeah. choice. It really took me out of the movie, that yeah. whole scene. And then when she shows up and... Brings them lunch, and then they're like, oh, no, hang out. And all of a sudden, she's like, no, everything is fine now. I'm totally fine that my yeah. husband is hanging out with this pimp yeah. now that I get to hear the music they're right. making. That whole thing seems Yeah, Yeah, because that was never really resolved. No, no. It was just kind of, it was just like, right. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think that's really what we're supposed to believe there is that, yeah, she experienced it. So she's, she's yeah. just as enthralled with DJ as everyone else. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that was my least favorite part of the movie. And it, just, it, did, it didn't seem necessary, especially in a movie that is pushing two hours and I think is really mm-hmm. an hour and a half of mm-hmm. story. Well, I, I'm with you both. You both mentioned like the cinematography. That part aside, I think it's a very gorgeous movie because it's it's a gritty look at like, you know, this life and this this neighborhood in Memphis and everything. But, it, I mean, there are some just like camera motions in it that, you know, you said the zooms there were a little off, but there are a couple times where, um, you know, they have to cut the fans before they record because the fans are making noise and there's just always that slow zoom kind of probably not even a zoom it's probably more like a tracking into the fan uh, just to watch it like slow down yeah. and I mean like we mentioned before the, the Tarashi P. Henson scene where she hears herself you know they push in on her too as well mm-hmm. I think there's those are kind of those camera movements that you don't always see in kind of a just a drama like this you know it's not this is not like a a flashy like quick actiony kind of movie but it um it, they're just very powerful when they happen like they, when they land they really land mm-hmm. yeah it's really impressive considering that this is a this is an MTV film yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it's that just, going into it and then yeah. at the very beginning you've got that uh title card of yep. a whole bunch of astronauts all watching a movie in their spacesuits right and I, I'm very impressed because it's it seems like it's a lot more artistic than you would expect from an MTV film. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, we kind of talked off mic a little bit. Craig Brewer directed it, and he's gone on to some other exciting things. He was he did that. Uh, his follow-up to this was Black Snake Moan. Did you guys see that at all? I never Same saw this one with Christina Ricci and yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Not too great. Uh, but 
I know he recently directed Dolomite Is My Name on Netflix with Eddie Murphy, which is getting a lot of buzz, and he's going to be doing the uh, Coming to America sequel, Coming Number 2 America, I think coming out next year. So he's uh, made a nice name for himself after this movie. Yeah, and I think rightfully so. I think it's pretty well directed. I don't really have a lot of complaints. Yeah. yeah. I think my my issues with it are more in the script yeah. than anything else. I think he wrote it too. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't realize. Well, then I do have an issue with it. Because <laughs> I do think that every once in a while, DJ gets a little kind of like monologue in a very yeah. artificial yeah. way. Yeah. And that is a little distracting, but it's not terrible. I think Terrence Howard does a good job with it. Yeah, I think the opening monologue is... It really sticks to me. I think I think it it, it's, it goes a little long. It's a little, but it, it, you know, it does a good way to kind of you know you get to understand his 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 dialect and his cadence and his diction and it's this very kind of unique voice. He uses like instead of saying man, he says main all the time, and mm-hmm. it's um, you know it, it's it's a good introduction to the character. I kind of liked it at the end uh, when uh, Nola, Taron Manning's character, yeah. kind of brings back that speech later. It's kind of cheesy, but I kind of like that. Uh, but I think right in general though, there's a lot of this. You know, him kind of talking about this life and this creative process and everything. You know, it's maybe a little long-winded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, some of those feel under... The only other thing I thought... Because, again, I, I feel like I'm really ragging on this movie. And I thought it was pretty good. But the only other thing that kind of annoyed me was his sudden decision that he's going to commit everything to becoming a rapper. Yeah. Seems very abrupt. It's like yeah. he gets a keyboard and then he's like, that's, that's it. it. I'm doing it. No more pimping for me. No more. And yeah, I feel like it would be a little bit more like tra- like slowly transitional than yeah. just like you just decide. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of time to do it. I think that's the thing. It, it, like it that feels very abrupt, and there's a lot of stuff before of him just hustling and pimping that <laughs> could it could have maybe just like just move that scene up a little bit and then make it a more gradual thing. You don't really have to do that much, and I think it would feel a little bit more earned. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know. And I'm with you too. I feel like I'm, I'm giving it more negativity than I really think about it. But the one thing I think that I'm, if there's one thing about it that really bothers me is a little bit the treatment of his character is kind of redeeming in a sense because yeah. he is a pretty awful he's person. A bad yeah, person. He's, he's a, not a good person. I mean, he, you know, I get that. I guess the best thing you can say about him is that he's somewhat charming, but. Not always either. I mean, he's yeah. like, he's a violent person. He's he's vindictive. He he kicks out one of his girls mm-hmm. with her baby. You know, he is like even the Taraji P Henson scene where she sings uh, for the first time. He has to like grab her to get her to sing better. And and they don't really treat him and put him in that negative light like I really think they should. I feel like all the characters still kind of look up to him in a way that I don't think is remotely earned at all. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. It's it, the. I mean, it's a movie about a pimp, so it's not like it's not like it's it was going to be great for its portrayal of women to begin with. No. But it's not mm-hmm. it's not the best because all of his women seem to have like a level of like almost Stockholm syndrome. Of, yeah. And I'm I don't know how much of that is real. I'm not I'm not familiar with that world. <laughs> but it all seemed very much like like we're supposed to feel good that he does or does not succeed. Yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. I don't. It's an interesting character, but I don't think it's a character I care about. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a good way to put it, yeah. I think, yeah. Well, maybe we can move to the Ludacris scene, because I think that is, you know, this is a Ludacris podcast, and Ludacris, uh, <laughs> again, he, he's got um, a pretty small part, but a pretty pivotal one. He plays Skinny Black, and up until the last, you know, 
15 minutes or so, we see, we hear a lot about him. People talk a lot about how he kind of really hit it big and he doesn't come back to Memphis too often, it sounds like, but he did come back for like, this 4th of July party. We see an episode of a show that is kind of like Cribs, I'm guessing, yeah. that we see kind of uh, DJ and the girls watching on TV and he uh, is pretty obnoxious in it. And then we get to meet him for the first time when after DJ records his demo, he goes to this 4th of July party at Isaac Hayes' character's bar and tries to get in the demo. And Ludacris, I think, in, in at least the movies I've seen him in, maybe for the first time, with, I don't know, Crash is kind of similar, I guess, in a little bit, but he, he plays really a jerk for the first time, I feel like, and he plays it pretty well, I would say. Yeah, because in Crash, he's a criminal, but he's kind of a charming, yeah. witty criminal that we're supposed to kind of like in spite of the <laughs> fact that he's a criminal. In this one, he's just he's an just asshole. Final, yeah. But he does a really good job. Yeah. Again, I think... Ludacris is underrated as an actor. I think, he, especially because most of this scene, the main scene is Terrence Howard and Skinny Black, DJ and Skinny Black, drinking together, mm-hmm. and they're getting progressively more and more fucked up until yeah. they're absolutely, like, can barely stand hammered. And I think he plays that pretty well, because yeah. I feel like it's... I, I'm not an actor, but I imagine it would be pretty hard to play that level of drunkenness believably. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, I don't know if he had any sort of training or, <laughs> like, but for someone who wouldn't, it would be kind of hard for yeah. sure, like, definitely. I mean, he definitely trained just from a career of drinking. I mean, he didn't have <laughs> chicken and beer, so. That's true. I feel like he has trained in that sense, but to, I thought it was a very believable and pretty good performance. And, yeah. I mean, he has to kind of turn it a few different, um, he has to turn the dial a few different ways. You know, he, he starts off when he first meets DJ as this, you know, this, he's really aggressive towards him. And then, uh, he finds out DJ is going to give him the weed and he's kind of a little bit more accepting, but also just like more, most, I just don't care about you. So I'm just going to keep you at arm's length. And then they get to the point where they have this kind of very jovial, friendly relationship and they have that They've been like drinking all night. They've been having these conversations or reminiscing about the past. And he kind of, is able to turn that dial again to, to have this you know positive uh, conversation, have this, this this positive interaction, and then he kind of loses it later when he gets drunker. But uh, it is like to Ludacris's credit, I, I think that he's not just playing like a, a single type of character like he does maybe a lot of his movies. He legitimately has to have range throughout this this admittedly small yeah. part, but still do some range during his time on screen. Yeah, and it's a critical role too because we haven't really discussed how it resolves. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie and you've gotten to this point and you don't know how it ends and you don't want us to spoil it for you, just fast forward 30 seconds. Ludacris' character gets the mixtape from DJ, goes to the bathroom, and he's so drunk he's like sitting on the floor of the bathroom. DJ comes in, tries to help him get his pants up and get him together, and then he sees that Skinny Black has destroyed the tape. He's pulled the tape out of the cassette and thrown it in the toilet. And at that point, he gets really pissed off and beats the shit out of Skinny Black. One of his guys comes in, and then DJ shoots him, goes on the run, goes home, gets arrested, mm-hmm. goes to jail. And then while he's in jail, it turns out that Nola and Key have successfully made him kind of an underground hit within Memphis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That The whole kind of shootout, the whole just like gun battle near the end... That was not necessary in a movie like this, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I also wonder how he only got 11 months in prison for shooting someone. I mean, I don't... I, That's true. I didn't... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like. Uh, Good journey, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. 
to to kind of go back to Ludacris again, uh, I think it's kind of funny. This year was also the same year that Crash came out. So I, I didn't realize this, but Ludacris was nominated for two and won one Screen Actors Guild Award this oh. year. He won it for Best Cast for Crash, which won that year. Or Best Ensemble, I guess. Uh, so he was part of that, so he won. But this movie was also nominated. So wow. Ludacris has two SAG nominations under his belt in the same year. So good for him. I will say, I like. I don't know if this is a trope. Maybe it's just me thinking it's a trope. But you know how there's that whole thing where it's like the main character meets someone he really looks up to and he turns out not to be the yeah. person they think. I kind of felt like that was a little bit like a trope kind of thing mm-hmm. where he was like he was like not very nice you know what I mean like I don't know there's like that whole fame changes people yeah, yeah, kind of thing fame. don't yeah. meet your heroes yeah which yeah. is then kind of how he like breaks through skinny black shell too is when he basically calls him out on his bullshit and is yeah. like mm-hmm. You think you're so cool. Memphis has kind of forgotten about you in a way. Yeah. Right, right. Or moved on is probably a better way of putting it. I don't know if that would work, too. It didn't like feel supernatural that that skinny yeah. black who's been this asshole this whole time yeah. now has... He's like, like You know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah. I could be better. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That would that doesn't seem like that would really affect him, necessarily. No. Yeah. I, 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 the more you think about it, the sillier it is. But in the movie, it doesn't feel... It's it doesn't true. stick out. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Luda does a very good job with what he's given in this movie. Yeah. And, yeah, show some range. I didn't realize it was the same... I didn't think about the fact that it's the same year as Crash. Yeah. And it is remarkable to me how much better this is held up than Crash. Sure. To the rigors of time. Which you would think this would be, I mean, maybe the opposite because just the way music evolves. I mean, I don't know if if this kind of style of music is that... You know, it's not that popular or big anymore, but still, like, it, it doesn't feel so outdated that it doesn't kind of work today it still does yeah crunk i guess i suppose just kind of gave way to mumble rap uh-huh. but it's still i mean southern hip-hop in general is still huge yeah mm-hmm. uh just changed a little bit but it doesn't feel old right uh, and it's it also does a good job of handling a movie about a pimp because i feel like this is right at the peak of like just kids from the suburbs being like oh that's so pimp and mm-hmm. pimp my ride was happening and it was just like Cat Williams was huge. Yeah. Pimping was a huge thing at this moment. It was. And we've listened to little, we've watched little, little pimp. Yeah. Not good. No. So <laughs> I think it does a good job of making a movie about a pimp that somehow hasn't aged terribly because yeah. that feels like a real pitfall. Yeah. True. That's fair. <laughs> uh, do we, we were talking about we want to like start maybe grading things more. Do you want to, do you want to give this a grade? Yeah. I'm gonna uh, let's. How about we rate it on a scale of zero to four? Okay. But instead of stars, we'll do a DJ chains. Okay. Oh, nice. That chain is ugly as shit. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I I would give it two and a half DJ chains. Okay. I would give it out of four. I'd say give it three point two five DJ chains. I think just those the scenes uh, of just I think the creative process. I think it does. You know, a lot of movies about creative types. I don't know if they always stick the landing on the actual scenes where they are creating. I think this one does. So I think those elements alone bump it up pretty high for me. Yeah. I, I would be, I think I'm right there. I'm like three DJ chains for okay. sure. Uh, for for those elements for sure. Yeah. All right. So overall, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a that's pretty good average. We're averaging just about three DJ chains. Yeah. Which yeah. Is pretty good yeah. for, you know, a 2005 movie about a pimp. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll get to some other later Ludacris movies as the podcast progresses, but, you know, this might be the best movie he's in. I mean, I love the Fast and Furious movies, don't get me wrong, but it, again, it's got its flaws. We talked about them in length, but, um, you know, this is one I hope he can do more movies like this in the future, because I think he is a very good actor, as it showed here. Absolutely. And 
as much as we have made it clear that Ludicus will not be allowed on this podcast, <laughs> I would like to say, DJ Qualls, if you're out there, please come on the podcast, <laughs> because I forgot that DJ Qualls existed after being seemingly everywhere around yeah. this era. He just kind of disappeared. So DJ Qualls, come on the podcast. A buddy of mine told me he once saw DJ Qualls at a Chicago street fest, just kind of hanging out one time. And he went up to him. He's like, you know, I'm not going to bother you. I just want to say, you know, like, uh, like honestly, like, Hustle and Flow is like a really good movie. I think you were really good at it. And uh, DJ Qualls said, oh, that's, and this was a few years ago, but that's my favorite movie I've been in. I think that's my best work I've done. And he's got a pretty small part, but he's, he's, he's good and he's charming yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. fun. He's like, the, he's a church pianist, yep. but he also is clearly into hip hop. Yep. Yeah, I liked his. I liked his part. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. It was an enjoyable character. So DJ Qualls, come on the podcast. Ludicrous, you are not allowed. No, please do not try. <laughs> nice try, buddy, but you're not. No, thank you. Um. Well, speaking of all these great actors and characters in this movie, I actually have a quiz about one of the characters in the movie. Sort of about one of the actors in the movie, I should say. So you guys want, you can play. So it's one of my. I, I do these kind of anonymous quizzes. So these are my my Q anons, if you will. Um. So I don't know if you guys would like to participate. If you want to say no, I can just. Leave. I would love to. I'm, well, I'm trying it. to earn this tattoo, so okay. let's, let's do it. So, um, you may remember from uh, the movie Hustle and Flow, uh, a character named Elroy. Do you guys remember Elroy? Everyone remembers the Elroy character, right? Ooh. I, I'm sure I saw the character. I don't know yep. who Elroy was. Well, he works at the convenience store and he sells oh. Uh, oh, DJs yes. his drugs. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. And that is played by uh, a person named Josie Scott, who is the lead singer of the band Saliva, which is oh, from no Memphis. Oh, kidding. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I have some, uh, you know, fitting perfectly. I have some quiz, uh, a quiz about the band Saliva for you guys. Oh, perfect. So Saliva has had a variety of albums over the years. What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a list of album titles. Uh, some of these are going to be true album titles by the band Saliva. Some of them are going to be completely made up. Uh, or maybe they're album titles for another band, but I don't know. Uh, and I need you to, to but each of you need to guess if it is either, uh, it is an album by the band Saliva. In that case, you're going to say, that spit is the shit. Okay. And if it's you think it's not a, uh, a album by the band Saliva, you say, I'm no drool fool. I like okay. it. Okay. So uh, we'll go ahead and start with the first one. I have one, two, I have eight. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how, which of them, how many are each. So. That seems okay. fair. All right. Yeah. First one. Survival of the Sickest. So if, maybe we can kind of rotate who goes first. So Survival okay. of the Sickest. Catherine, you have to go first. I forgot the phrase. That sh- shit. So if you think it is a saliva album, the phrase is, uh, that spit is the shit. Okay, that spit is the shit. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to agree? I'm no drool fool. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid that spit is the shit, Catherine. Yes. Okay. One to nothing. All right. Number two. Bloodstained Love Story. Jack, you can go first this time for Bloodstained Love Story. I'm no drooful. I don't buy this. I don't buy this title. Okay. I'm no agree? drooful. You guys are both wrong. That spit is the shit. <gasps> wow. That is a saliva album. Who is me? Bloodstained Love Story. All right. Next is Moving Forward in Reverse. Hmm. This is Catherine's first. Is that spit the shit or are you a, not a drooful? That spit is the shit. Okay. Do you I'm agree? still not a drooful. One of these has to be fake. I'm afraid that is a real one. Jesus Christ, are these all real? (laughs) Maybe, we'll see. Uh, So (laughs) so two to nothing. Uh, Next one, The Hangman. Jack, you can go first. I'm just sticking with it. I'm no drool fool. No drool fool? (laughs) I'm no drool fool. You're no drool fool? You're both correct on that one. All right. Hangman is made up. All right, next one, Devil's Knot. K-N-O-T, I should say. Devil's Knot. Okay. 
I'm no drill fool. No drill fool? I would say that spits the shit. Captain, you are correct. Oh you're my not a drool fool, Jack. You're a bit of a drool fool right now. I'm feeling like a real drool fool. So it's this is uh, just a Memphis three blind to, pulsing. <laughs> well, I guess you guys tied, so it's like three nothing basically right now. You got a ways to go here. All right, next up, dull knives and rusty nails. <laughs> dull knives and rusty nails, Jack. Does that spit the shit, or are you a drool fool? I'm gonna say that spits the shit. Okay. That spits the shit. You're both wrong. I made that one up. Jesus, this is That's a hard a game. <laughs> All right, next one. Cinco Diablo. <laughs> this, I mean, I really hope this is real, but that's not my guess. That's um, that, um, that spit is the shit. That spit is the yeah. shit. I'm going to say I'm no drool fool. Jack, you're struggling here. That spit is definitely the shit. Cinco Diablo is one of the, their quintessential albums. See, this is, this is going to end up being one of those things where it's like, you know, they, uh, they have you guess the ESP card and yeah. then... That it's like there was like a dumb story about this where it's like oh and the person got everyone wrong and they're like yeah but statistically that's the same thing as getting them all right <laughs> that's how I'm treating this okay yeah. if you I get them the all wrong then I'm secretly the winner in my own heart <laughs> uh, last one skinned alive Ooh. is this my guess it's your guess uh, see now I feel like I've got the pattern of the ones you're writing okay is this the last one yeah I can't win so I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna deliberately go for the over. O for eight, okay. and I'm gonna say that spits the shit. So you're saying, does that mean you think it's not? I think that? it's not real, but I'm going to guess that it is real in an attempt to go okay. perfectly without a correctness. Okay. I'm no drill fool. You're no drill fool. Uh, well, I guess you're both right because it's not right. Okay, I made it up. Skin alive does not. So you were right, but you were right with your plan. Okay, okay. great. So okay. Um, that is my anonymous quiz. Wow. Catherine, you win. Congratulations. Yeah. That was it. well done. I mean, you're from Memphis. They're from Memphis. It's, it makes, I mean, that's, that's what's we always have a Memphis it's, background. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's, that's my quiz. My quiz win total does not go up. Nope. So the, the tattoo gets pushed out at least one more episode. <laughs> so I want to thank Saliva for all their hard work in helping this quiz come to life. Thank you, Saliva. And thank you, Mike, for another wonderful QAnon. It was great. So I think... Uh, should we close the door on Hustle and Flow? Yeah, let's close it. Yeah. Let's close it. Let's close the door and let's put some egg, or not egg cartons, drink cartons on the walls. No, turn, oh, off, turn off that thing. Can I, have, can I say one thing? Yes. Yes. Funny fact. Oh, so, just before we close the so, door. Okay, the door's sorry. still open. It's just it's a slightly jar. teasing over. Okay, so my roommate did work on Empire, and she does have this funny fact that Terrence Howard didn't like to have flowers on set at all because he could feel them dying. What? Oh, yes. What an empathetic person. <laughs> yeah. It's the nicest thing I can say to that. He was, a, apparently he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. So. He seems like it. It doesn't yeah. surprise me. I would be shocked if he was like a nice person. Yeah. Which seems yeah. like a mean thing to say. Well, wasn't he kicked shocked. out of the, like, he was in the first Iron Man movie and then he got <gasps> replaced by, by Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. But it was because he was kind of an asshole, right? I thought it was, he was trying That's to get it. more money. Oh, okay. And then Don Cheadle was like, well, I'll take it. And it's kind <laughs> of a, uh, a, kind of a, was it Jaw Rule for yeah. the Fast and Furious yep. franchise where he was like, no, thank you. And then missed the boat entirely on that. That's hilarious. Cash cow. That's a good Terrence Howard Terrence. fun fact. Yeah. That's good to know. I guess. I guess it's good to know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's good. But let's it's shut fun. that door. We can yeah. shut it. Let's shut it. Are we sure? I'm yeah. sure. Ready? Shut. One. Door is shut. shut. All right. Well, with that, I think we really just have one more segment to get to. And it's a new segment that we are trying out today. It's a segment I like to call, It's Hard Out Here for a Blimp. 
it's burning and bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning fast terrible this is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world it's a terrific crash ladies and gentlemen the smoke and the flames now and the flame is rising to the ground all the humanity bounce 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 bounce, bounce. The way that Hard Out Here for a Blimp works, I mean, we've all been on planes. I think that's pretty safe to say. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm so sick of all these fees and all this lack of leg room. I just feel like in 2020, planes are canceled. Have you had the food on these planes? Ugh. Airline food? Oh, boy. No, thank you. Uh-huh. It's like a lean cuisine without the health benefits. Ugh. So, planes, 2020, canceled. Things have got to change. Things have got to change. And until they do, I think we need alternative forms of air travel. Sure. So, in Hard Out Here for a Blimp, we're going to discuss our new ideas for new forms of air travel or old forms we just want to see used more in 2020. Got it. So, I think that's basically how it'll work. Mike, would you like to start or would you like me to start? No, I can can go first. Um, You know, and... uh, Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm a little conservative in a way. I don't want to necessarily throw out the concept of planes in general. I don't think you know. Don't get me wrong. That food, garbage. The mm-hmm. legroom, terrible. Mm-hmm. The fees, don't get me started. But I can live with all those things as long as I get my precious, precious cigarettes. And since the late '80s, early '90s, suddenly now planes are not allowed to smoke on those planes. I'm sick and tired of my freedoms being taken away from me. That light is always there, that just haunting you. Just. You don't need to have it on. Like I know the rules. I'm upset by it, but right. I know the rules. You don't need to have it right in my face, right? right? But uh, if you might recall, back in 1993, you know we all probably remember this very mm-hmm. important phase in life. Um, there was a couple of entrepreneurs, and I want to tip my cap to them. And they came up with an airline that they allowed you to bypass the federal no smoking laws uh, because of. Uh, a certain fee that there was like a membership-based system. It wasn't like a, a public plane. You had to become a member to a company called Smokers Express. And if you join the Smokers Express membership for a fee of $25 a year uh, and only people 21 and older, uh, they were allowed to join uh, and it allowed you to fly their airline anywhere, but you were allowed to smoke on the plane. Uh, it never actually got off the ground, no pun intended, yeah. um, because they didn't get enough funding. But I think the idea is there. I think that these these guys that are entrepreneurs, I tip my hat to them, but they also sound like a couple, I'm going to say it from earlier, a couple of wiseacres. I think I can get this going and get my precious, precious cigarettes and my vaping pens. Oh, yeah. You Jack. Got to rip some fat cotton. Yep. <laughs> And get back in the air and fill it with that precious tobacco smoke. I think that's just what we're missing. I think it's so stressful to fly nowadays. But you get a little nicotine inside, and everyone gets that secondhand nicotine too. I think it's to bring everything back. I think the pilots should be smoking up front. The stewardesses, flight attendants, I should say, I think is the more appropriate term. Um, you know, the baggage handlers. Uh, you know, the baby. Well, I guess there's no babies in this room, but maybe the babies can still handle it. I just need that that precious, precious smoke, and I'm looking to bring back Smokers Express 2020. 
I love it. And I if I that. if I didn't remember that from 1993, because we all remember that very important right? cultural moment, yep. exactly. I really would have thought that that was the plot to a Nathan for You episode, because it genuinely Honestly, sounds like Honestly, it does sound well, like Well, it is like the, yeah, the one. It is like the one episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds a lot like one, and also the idea of inventing an, a membership-based airline. Yeah. Everything about it's it seems like something. It's experimental theater. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe that's maybe that's how you do it, too. You say this is a, it's a traveling play. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, that's a great idea. And you have one person on that is not... That is the audience, mm-hmm. but everyone else is just actors. But they have they well that would work. Just get Joe Camel involved. Okay, his people will take care of it. Yeah, good guy, good guy. Yeah, that's my hard uh, out here for a blimp example. Jack, do you want to go next? Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is another thing that I think we all remember, and I think is really important. And I, I feel like this was an innovator who didn't get the credit they deserved. Do we remember the balloon boy? Balloon Boy, the yes. Balloon boy. The Balloon Boy. There was a dad who, I believe the child wasn't actually in the balloon, correct? He was not. It was a hoax where he got like a weather balloon and then claimed that his son was in the weather balloon and the balloon was flying around. And people were very concerned that this small boy who was supposedly in this box was going to crash and die. Oh, and I feel like the only thing that was a problem there is that the boy wasn't in the box yeah. to prove how safe weather balloon travel could be. We never saw him That's l- true. land the balloon. His, his name was Falcon, by the way, if you recall. The boy's name was Falcon? Yes, it was. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Like Everyone is so concerned he's going to hurt. We don't know, though. Like, there's We didn't see it happen. Right. If you give a kid a parachute, it's kind of like if you give a moose a muffin... <laughs> It's if you give a kid a parachute, they will figure out how to use it by necessity. So like if the if the balloon just bursts, the kid'll be fine. You got a parachute as backup. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great. It's very green, requires no energy other than inflating the balloon. Yep. Once it's up there, you're good to go, baby. And it's kind of a fun kind of like roulette of where is the wind gonna take me? Mm. It's you know, just kind of like letting nature decide what your vacation's gonna be. And I yeah. feel like that's in a, a world threatened by global warming, according to scientists, oh, I think that some green forms of transit might be a good idea. And you know what? Mike, if you want to, we can smoke inside the balloon boy box. Yeah. I think that that's fine. I, I, there's no helium involved, so it's not going to be like, it's not going to catch fire or anything. I think we'll, we'll be okay. No, no. Helium's no. okay. Hydrogen. Helium is fine. Hydrogen would that's be That's the one that the, 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 the blimp, speaking of hard out here for a blimp, the Hindenburg, that was hydrogen, right? Yeah, that okay. was hydrogen. And I think also a very combustible paint. I think that was actually the other big thing is the silver paint that they used was super combustible. And that's why I am only going to paint them a nice matte blue. Good. Nice. Non-combustible. Perfect. You can do whatever you want on the inside. Like, literally, it's going to be international waters, international airs. Anything goes <laughs> inside the balloon, too. It's kind of like a pansexual frenzy. Oh. Who, whatever you want to do. It. Yeah. I just, love it. Just balloon boys and balloon girls doing what comes naturally in balloon nature. I, now you're losing me a little bit with that. <laughs> that last sentence lost me a bit, but to clarify, balloon boys and balloon girls of the age of majority... Okay. That's just what we call them up in the skies. That's what the sky people call it. So that's my pitch. I like it. Pansexual balloon boy frenzy oh boy. is my pitch for it. Yeah, even though you clarified, I still love to hear that sentence. I, mean, I think was... it's a good idea. And I think that, honestly, I'm a climate innovator. And I think that I should be next year's time person of the year for my idea. I mean, you got my vote. Yeah. Me and Greta Thunberg. I just said Greta Van Fleet, which is definitely a band. <laughs> Who sounds like Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin, who is it? Yeah. That's a, that, is that is a bad blimp. That's, there we that's go. That's a bad blimp. You can't have a Zeppelin made out of lead. It's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. That dog's not going to hunt. <laughs> 
Well, we got two good ones. Catherine, can you bring, uh, can you bring us home on that runway? I'll bring it home. Uh, I'm going to bring it back even further, further, further back in, in history. Um, little little time I like to call uh, pagan-ish times okay. where people were on brooms. Oh. Okay. Oh, yes. um, that's that's a perfect. It's individualized. We all have our own. Like yep. we, can, we can use it when we want it. Um, we get places faster. And if you have a cinnamon version of brooms, it keeps spiders away. Is that true? Cinnamon keeps spiders away. How and they make it in brooms sometimes at like Whole Foods. Oh. This is a great, this is basically like the cyber truck, but with the cinnamon option yeah. as well, which I think is important yeah. because that's fun. That's just, I'd love so, to smell nice too. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. Um, and I think the nice, other nice thing about it is that like it's, you can also use it as a broom. Like there's no, there's, 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 you're not yeah. stuck to just fly with exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, exactly. like we, we mentioned earlier, like the... The, the neighbors above were vacuuming. They were just using a nice, quiet broom instead. Uh-huh. It'd be quieter for us, and then they can just fly the hell out of here when they're being allowed. Yeah, it could leave us alone while we're trying to record. Right? I mean, I think that's a great idea, too. The only... I mean, there is downsides for sure. Like, you could definitely... It could break pretty easily. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would like there to be more of kind of an anything-goes-fuck-fest element to it, but it's still pretty good. I just think that, like, I don't know. I want people to be able to do whatever they want to each other on my form of air transit. Kind of that's like right. a... Kind of like Southwest. Yeah. It's like the same idea. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. Can I smoke on it, the broom? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm done. There, I mean, I, you're in the open air. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have no downside to it. It's yeah. perfect for what I need for my precious, precious cigarettes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think between the three ideas. Actually, that would be pretty like hardcore. Like you're just like smoking a cigarette on, on a broom. You don't really see a lot of witches in like witch culture smoking. But, like, why wouldn't they? I feel like they do, but they, smoke those, they smoke those long Long pipes. Gandalf pipe. Yeah. yeah. They look dope. Sucks. They're like, cool. No, they smoke cool. And menthol. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, menthol, really? menthol cool. Yeah, or a Virginia Slim. Sure, <laughs> for the, those with daintier fingers right. like myself. Yeah, don't. I don't think witches should vape. That, no, uh, I mean maybe this they're is, maybe too this, cool for that. Uh, might be a hard take, but I just I, I don't think they should. I don't think you should cross magic and technology. I think that's when things that's really right. get into trouble. Yeah, that's right. See Atlantis. Well, I think we 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 solved air travel finally. Yeah, we did it. We solved <laughs> another thing here. I guess it's no longer hard out here for a blimp. All right, well, now that we've solved that problem, I think there's only one thing left to do, and it's wrap things up. So, Catherine, thank right. you for joining us. Is thank there... you for having me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yes. hey, what do you know? I don't know why we've never thought of that before. We've definitely said it. We just never... We don't have that pun nope. That pun thinking in 2020. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, you know, I don't have anything to plug. Um, okay. I am on Instagram. Uh, my friends follow me. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't even even know what my my honest handlebar is. I think it's cat w i l f underscore. Yeah, well, I think well, it's what it is. Well, if you if you're comfortable, we'll post it on the uh, our our episode post okay. that comes out. We'll, we'll pop it in there. Yeah, yeah and we'll, I'll plug you. Guys we'll tag you in the episode photo, so yeah. it'll be Perfect. there for everyone to see. Perfect. Ideally, if we can get it. On the smoking plane, if we could take the picture there, that'd be kind of fun and <laughs> yeah. give kind of a weird, mysterious element. Oh. But I forgot that we have closed, we, we didn't say it, we did close the door on Hard Out Here for a Blimp. So there will be no more air travel talk starting now. Okay, great. But yes. Thank you again for joining and and, uh, and representing Memphis very well. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> uh, but with that, yeah, we'll wrap up here. As always, if you want to follow us on any of our social media, you can follow us at Bruticris on Instagram, on Twitter. I promise I'm going to tweet more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. And then also, if you can always, uh, you know, 
subscribe and review us on iTunes. Give us those five stars. That helps so much. So please do that. We'd be very, 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 very grateful. I will go out on a limb and say, if you rate us five stars on iTunes and you send us proof in the form of a picture or something like that, we will blow you a kiss. We will blow you a kiss on social media if you would like that. If you would like us to not blow you a kiss, just note that in the thing. Yep. But show us either way, and then we will follow your instructions on the kiss blowing. Maybe we'd even like if you want if you don't want the the blown kiss, but you want us to blow it to someone else. Like you want to like it's like a cameo. You want to buy a cameo for someone else. You want to buy a blown kiss for someone else. We'll we'll do that too. Just give us their handle, yeah. their Instagram or their Twitter handle, what have you, and we'll blow the kiss to them too. We will slide into their DMs and blow them a kiss for you. And you can remain anonymous, or we, you can you can have us explain it. Quiz anonymous. Q, QAnon. That's good. Yeah. If you would like someone to get a kiss blown from QAnon, just let us know, and we'll take care of that. Should I start um, changing our um, Bruticris Instagram bio to say hashtag QAnon? Is that a good idea, we think? I feel like that might... <laughs> That might solve a lot of the issues we've been having, yeah. and I think people will really get like what yeah. we're about. We're about quizzes, and we like to just yeah. kind of like give everyone a fair shake so everyone stays anonymous. Cool. I think people will be into that. So Sounds like a plan. Great. All right. Well, Catherine, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Mike, thank you again for joining me as my co-host. Jack, thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'll go back in my hole now. Yeah. You better. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> what a sad idea. <laughs>